Hi, this is Caroline. I am super excited by a new feature that I have available for you. If you go to my show notes, you'll see a link that says, I would love to hear from you. Text message me here. Yes, you can now text message me. So if you have any thoughts about an episode, if you've got ideas for an episode, if you'd just like to connect and say hi, then click on that link. I'd love to hear from you. Hi there, I'm Caroline Thor, professional organiser, KonMari consultant, teacher and mum of three. I started off my life as a mum feeling overwhelmed, disorganised and desperately trying to carve out some time for me amongst the nappies, chaos and clutter. One day, one small book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying changed everything and I began to learn strategies for making everyday life easier. Today I have the systems in place that means life can throw almost anything at me and I want to share them with you. If you're an overwhelmed mum struggling to keep it together, then this is the podcast for you. Grab a coffee and settle in for a quick chat with someone who gets your reality. and welcome back to Living Clutter Free Forever. I've got a bit of a fun update for you this week. You might have noticed that there wasn't a new episode last week. Why, you ask? Well, yours truly decided to take a much-needed break and go on a little holiday. Yep, we went off to France for two weeks together. So I'm always banging on about the fact that things don't have to be perfect. And this time I took a leaf out of my own book instead of frantically trying to record an episode before the trip and making myself feel overwhelmed, I decided to embrace a bit of imperfection and take a breather. It was a fantastic reminder that self-care is an essential part of maintaining a clutter-free and organised life. I actually went away feeling relaxed for a change. Who knew that was even possible? It was definitely a first for me. Now that I'm back refreshed and ready to dive back into our clutter-free ever after journey, I have an exciting episode lined up for you today. I really am so excited about this one. But before we get started, I want to clarify something important. In this episode, you'll hear us mention No BS, a weight loss and mindset program. I invited Julie, a coach from NoBS, to join me for a conversation, not as an affiliate or a paid promotion. I just thought it would be incredibly valuable for you to hear from someone with experience in helping people navigate changes in their wardrobe due to shifts in size and how having an organised kitchen can help support your health goals. So please know that my intention is to provide you with useful insights and not to promote any particular product or service. With that said, let's dive into today's episode. We're going to start by exploring the world of closets and clothes, discussing how decluttering and organising our wardrobe can be a game changer and how our clothes should always make us feel amazing. And then later in the episode, we'll continue our conversation by delving into kitchen organisation, mindful eating and the joy of baking. So grab a cup of tea and a cake if you've got one, get comfy And let's chat about how we can keep things organised without driving ourselves crazy. After all, life's too short for unnecessary stress, right? Let's jump right into it. Hello and welcome to Julie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So Julie Hanks, that's correct, isn't it? 
and you're a coach at No BS, which sounds a little bit dodgy. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what that's all about? For sure. It's the dodgiest. I agree. And it is just that. Uh, so No BS is a membership for women who identify as having weight to lose, wanting to lose weight or change mindset. I am a No BS life coach and advanced certified weight loss coach. And then I, I personally focus on sex and relationships, which has a lot to do with your mindset about yourself and self-confidence, which all impacts your weight. Fantastic. And as I have mentioned in a couple of previous episodes, I am currently a member of the No BS membership primarily to change my mindset because I'm one of these people that does this yo-yo thing up and down and although people will always say to me we don't look like you've put on on any weight I know that my mindset overeating needs a lot of work doing on it so that is my reason for being in the membership at the moment and I'm I'm finding it brilliant so Thank you to you and your team for all the support that you give, because it's just an amazing resource. Absolutely fantastic. So the reason I've invited you on today is because one thing that I've become very aware of since I started my organizing journey is that there are two areas of the home that cause women the most anguish. And I, I use the word anguish, not loosely. One of those is the closet or wardrobe, as we would say in the UK. And the other one is the kitchen. So I would love to talk with you about those two things today, because I think they have so much to do with our mindset. They have so much to do with how we think about ourselves, and also about how they make our lives more difficult if they're not set up and organized in a way that makes life easy and reflects our ideal lifestyle, how how we want to be living. So let's start off. How does your closet look like, Julie? Is it full of clothes that only fit you and you love and they spark joy? Or do you have a few items hiding away in there that don't fit? I have an item or two that don't fit, but I don't know if you know this. I just moved recently and I designed a really beautiful closet. So I have basically moved into my ideal closet, right? What a gift I gave myself to start over. And in that start over, I donated to an organization in our community all clothing that didn't fit, either small or large. And I'm in the middle of my weight loss journey. So, you know, there was some mindset work to be done about that. And so my closet, one or two items that don't fit that I think I might use the fabric from, and we might talk about like hacks, how to get rid of things. And so they're there for a reason. I just don't for sure know the reason yet, but we can talk more about it. So are they actually hanging in your closet along with the clothes that fit you at the moment? They are. They are fabrics that I really love and that I loved wearing. And I felt really bright and alive in these things. And so I am thinking about turning them into like pillows for our couch. I've thought about turning them into like dish towels, the type of fabric that they are. I want to repurpose this fabric because the fabric kind of speaks to my heart, but 
I like seeing them in my closet because I loved how I felt in those two dresses. And so they remind me of the spirit of them present in my closet. And also that driver to get more clothes that I feel like that in them. I am loving your attitude to this, Julie, because this is one thing actually that really resonates with me with the, the no BS weight loss method and actually is very similar to the KonMari method, is that we want things that spark joy in our lives. We want things that make us feel joyful. And I love that you're keeping them there, even though they don't fit you, just because when you open your closet and see them, they remind you of how you felt when you were wearing them, which is just fantastic. I hope you find a way of repurposing them that sparks joy for you. Is the pattern the sort of thing that you could even cut out and and frame and just have the material as a a frame on the wall? That's a really good idea, actually, because for sure they were like full skirt, kind of almost vintage 50s type dresses. And so they have a lot, you know, I would say a couple yards of fabric in that body of that skirt. So there's definitely something like a piece of art And you're right, like the feeling I got in them, large or small, has nothing to do with why they're there. That incredible like aliveness that I feel when I see that fabric reminds me of how I want to feel inside my clothes every day. So when you got rid of the clothes or decided to let the clothes go that were no longer serving you when you moved into your wonderful new closet, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, because that sounds fabulous. Um, what was your reason for letting those items go? Had they become too large for you now with your weight loss journey? And what was your reason for not keeping them? Most of the things were too large. There were a few things that were almost where they would work for me now on my weight loss journey, but I actually don't like how I feel in them. I don't like how they work for my body shape. And the decision was like, I am perfect the way I am in the moment that I'm in. And so I'm entitled to my best life now, feel amazing in the clothes that fit for my present body. And if I'm saving stuff that's too big, I'm leaving room for this direction that is totally against what no BS is, right? No BS is all about permanent and sustainable weight loss, eating food you love. It's a mindset shift, not a diet. And so the larger clothes were not representing what I really believe in. So that was kind of an easy out. The smaller clothes, it was clear they were never going to look good on my body. The smaller size had nothing to do with it. Just because I could fit in it didn't mean I wanted to. Didn't mean I felt alive in them. I felt really weighted down and kind of like cramped up and tight. And why would I create that for myself? There's no point in that. So immediately, like, if it doesn't spark that feeling of comfort and excitement and joy, like, it's got to be out. Like, that's it. Definitely. And I have very often with clients, we've been looking through closets and looking at their clothes and they'll hold something and they'll have that reaction that you've just had to your items that are hanging there that no longer fit you, but you love. And they're like, oh yes, I love this. I just love the color. I love how I feel in it. This is a keep. This sparks joy. And you're like, great. Okay. And then they'll hold up the next thing and they'll be like, well, yeah, it's okay. 
Why would you want to wear something that only makes you feel okay? You want to feel amazing every morning when you get up, even if it's your sweatpants. They should make you feel amazing too. They should be comfy or a color you love or, you know, you, you're just rocking them a little bit. So um, I love your attitude to that. I think it's fantastic. And I think a big mistake a lot of women make when it comes to clothes is hanging on to stuff just in case. I don't know what your feeling is. Have you experienced this with members in no BS? Lots of times. There's always this space of they're thinking about the past and the going up and down, and they're in the middle of the down, but they're preparing for the up. And in reality, the clothes don't make you prepared for the up. It has nothing to do with it. They're just clothes. So whether you like them, whether you loved them, whether you loved how you felt in them, it really doesn't matter. You can remember how you thought about yourself in them. You can feel those feelings like today in whatever you're wearing. And you can create that same mindset in the next clothes. The clothes don't hold space for where your body's going. It's your brain. You want to hold the space in your brain for where you're headed, not where you were. I I totally agree. And I think The other problem a lot of women have with letting go of clothes is that very often they have cost a lot of money or they've been an investment for some people. And to let something go when you've perhaps had to save for it or it wasn't cheap is a really, really difficult thing to do. I have got clothes. They are not in my closet, but I do still have clothes that I don't fit into at the moment that are too small for me. But they are items that I love, a bit like you feel about yours. I love the colors. I love how I feel in them when I can wear them. And it seems to me rather wasteful to get rid of them when I'm hoping I've got rid of all the ones that are too big. They've gone because I'm not going back there. But it seemed to me a bit wasteful to get rid of ones that I really love when possibly I am going to fit in back into them. So what I've actually done is taken them out of my closet and packed them away in a separate space so that they're not laughing at me every time I open my closet like, haha, you don't fit in me at the moment. Bad luck. Um And then I'm hoping that one day in the future, I will fit back into them. I've given myself a year. And if in a year they're not there, then they're going to go because I I can't hang around forever hoping that I don't think that's healthy either. So that's my sort of mindset on it and how I work with my clients as well. I love that. I think it does a couple of things, right? It's planning ahead, but you've given yourself a timeline but also it leaves some space for like, you love it now, but your future you, the version of you that's lost and fits in that again, maybe she feels differently about it. Maybe she still loves it and loves the memory of it, but actually her style is different or her confidence is different or different things spark her emotions. So you've prepared yourself with the box or whatever you put it in it. You've honored your investment. But you've left some room for like, if this isn't where I go, or if this isn't my item anymore, and it also is enough space to like save for the next really remarkable piece, if you want to go that direction. And also the other thing that I think, and you've just, you've sort of mentioned that there is we all have seasons in our lives. So when I was a teacher many years ago, before I had kids, I used to teach in high heels. I would be toddling down the corridors at school. And as soon as I had kids, 
I was like flats. There's a, <laughs> you can't run after a toddler in heels. And ever since then, I've never gone back to them. And it was a few years ago that I thought, you know what, I am, I am never, ever going to wear these again. I kept one pair of black heels in case, God forbid, I ever need to go to a funeral or something because that is an investment and they don't take up much space. And I only have five pairs of shoes anyway. Um, and then I, I got rid of the rest. I thought, no, they don't serve me in this season of my life anymore. And if and when I decide I fancy a heel again, I will treat myself to a new pair of shoes. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I, I myself found that something really rewarding about donating the clothes and finding, I found somewhere local in my community that size inclusive, that uses them, particularly for professional women that, you know, maybe don't have the funds to replace an entire wardrobe, but this is a place they can go and get really high quality clothing for a fraction of the cost. I actually saw a woman in one of my dresses once walking downtown and her confidence. And I just remember how I felt in the dress and my confidence and the idea that someone else is creating the life that they want to live in those clothes helped bridge that gap of upset for me. And even with the investment, it was sort of like, you know, how we'll donate $5 here or a tip there. In my mind, it was that too. It's like, I'm helping support other women, however many are shopping in that store and wearing those clothes to their interviews or their first day of work or their kid's school play. And it just makes me happy knowing that there was that impact too. And I can hang my hat on that on moments that I feel a little sad about what I spent and what I donated away. I love that. And I also, when I work with my clients, we are always donating rather than just putting into recycling. That's always what we aim for. Um, I have had clients who have had a bit like you, they've had items they've loved and they've ended up having them sewn together in a quilt um, so that they can keep them and have them on their bed and still look at them every day and love the colors and, and have the memories of the times they wore those items. So there are ways of repurposing things, as you say, in order to bring joy into our lives or other people's lives. And that is so worthwhile. I've even thought about like with those two dresses cutting off the top and I have a sewing machine and a serger and when I'm ready, like turning them into just skirts or something like that and like fitting them to what my body shape and size is now. And that way I can find a new joy from a new way of wearing them. So there's a lot of possibilities out there if you're willing to get creative in your mind. Definitely. So tell me a bit about your closet, because is it a walk-in closet? It is a walk-in closet, and there are two quite large sections, and I have a section that's all work, and you are an OBS member, you know black and white are our colors, mm -hmm. and so basically like half of my closet is 100% black and white. There's sequins, there's, you know, like every bobble and bit that you could ever imagine on that side of the closet, and it's very organized. There's dresses, and then there's a double hang side where there's a section above another section, and it's all like short sleeve and long sleeve above and pants below and skirts below. And then that's my like work section. Very like 
super chic, fun. And then there's my personal section, which my funk, just like my heart's in the room, like it's more colorful. There's a lot of brightness. Same organization system, though, like short sleeve, long sleeve, uh, buttons versus no buttons, uh, like open sweaters versus vest type situation, and then pants. It's very, like, very tidy. And what I found is when I just throw things in different directions, I lose my ability to, like, figure out what I'm doing. So all the hangers are in one direction. It's just kind of fun, but it's not fancy. It's really utilitarian function, but it's lovely. And I love going in there. We put art in our closet because here's the thing, like you deserve joy everywhere. So when I walk in the closet, I see some spunky art that also like helps my mindset. When I walk in, we all go in our closets and see our bodies in mirrors and have thoughts and judgments. And I've created an environment for myself to feel light and bright and welcome in all the positive thoughts I have about myself at every size. I love the fact that you have um, your work and your, let's say, well, personal, I was about to say play, but you're not playing all the time, your work and your personal clothes separated out. I always encourage my clients to do this because I think when you're getting up in the morning and you know, okay, today's work, it's easier just to open one section and be able to know, right, these are all the clothes I have to choose from for work. And then when it's not work, you've got another section where you're like, right, how do I feel today? What color am I into? Or what's the occasion? And we, it's very unusual in Europe to have a walk-in closet. We tend to have a freestanding, like you see in- Wardrobe, yeah. Wardrobe, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, but I do actually have in my house a walk-in closet because the people that built our house were a bit forward-thinking and they put a walk-in closet in. And I love it, but I know it's very, very unusual. So for those people that I work with here in Germany- who only have one space, like one wardrobe to keep their um, clothes in, I always suggest that one side is kept for work and the other side is for personal so that they keep the two separated um, and that way that they can they can see. But yours is made even easier by the fact that all your work stuff is black and white. So that, that means whatever yeah. you want is going to match with each other, which you can't go wrong, can you? <laughs> Not really, right? And so, like, it's very mix and match and easy to pull from in a split second. And just, you know, like you, I'm on Zoom or talking to members fairly regularly. So on camera, there I have different looks for on camera than on days where I'm doing more administrative type work. It's fantastic. And I keep my shoes in these clear boxes with the size and description present so I can keep track of like work shoes that I take with me on travel or personal shoes that I love to wear sitting here all day. Pretty much it's a fun little space and I never did that before. Like as I've been on my weight loss journey, I used to believe that I basically like hadn't earned the right to this because of my body size. And OBS, before I became an OBS coach, which was just shy of three years ago, I really did believe that I wasn't entitled to this at my body size. OBS taught me that I'm entitled to this every minute of my life at every size, age, whatever. Like today's the day. 
I'm so glad you've mentioned that because this is very often the feeling I have when I'm working with clients. You know, when the clothes are just pushed into the cupboards and they're not folded or they're not hung or they're not looked after, it always gives me the feeling that perhaps the person doesn't see the worth in the clothes and perhaps doesn't see the worth in themselves either. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be putting them on your body. And the whole point of the KonMari method is that we are meant to be visualizing our ideal lifestyle. We we want to know what we want to do. We want to know what sparks joy for us. We want to know how we want to live our lives. We want time for yoga. Do we want time to be with friends? Do we want time for laughter or times where we can just be quiet and, and sit and be contemplative? And by creating a home like you have done with your closet, um, for those of you who are listening and can't see Julie, her face just lit up when she was describing her closet. It was so fun. She obviously absolutely loves it. And to have a space that you go into every morning to get dressed that makes you feel amazing, regardless of what size you are, you should always be wearing clothes that make you feel amazing. And this is one thing I love actually about the um, No BS Facebook group is the the women posting photos of themselves in their outfits. And I feel amazing in this. And I'm just always so thrilled for them that they're they're finding joy in, in dressing their bodies regardless of where they are in their weight loss journey. Yeah. It's, it's such an important part of what we do. Like being a woman who feels comfortable being a person anyway, but being a woman in the no BS membership that feels amazing at whatever size in whatever she's wearing. Whew, that's a powerful position to start your day in. Definitely. Okay. So one of the other things I think that has a huge impact on the life that women live is their kitchen. Because at the end of the day, we're very often stuck in there for quite a proportion of the time, creating food for our families or for us or what whatever the event is, it very often centers around the kitchen when we have social events at home. And one thing that I think really gets impacted by the organization in our kitchen is how healthily we eat. Now, one thing I love about No BS is that there is no good or bad food. Fantastic. I, I'm loving this. So we're we're eating whatever we like and learning to eat mindfully. Um, but if your kitchen's in total disarray, and you don't know how many bags of pasta you've got in the cupboard, and you don't know whether you've actually got any sauce available to go with that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Or you don't even, if you fancy a day where you're going to be, okay, today I'm just going to try and eat as healthily as possible for the whole day, but you don't actually know where those things are. It, it starts to make life very, very difficult. So how is your kitchen set up, Julie? So we're in the middle of a kitchen remodel. So this exact moment, my kitchen is not set up. It's fully empty, which is an interesting time to have Ooh. this conversation. Yes. And normally my kitchen is extremely organized. So right now my kitchen is a Excel spreadsheet with every item in a box that's labeled with a number. So I know where every single item is in whatever box it's in because we're remodeling. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That is such an amazing opportunity. I, I love things like this. I'm actually going to visit a client on Friday and I've been working with her for a year now on decluttering and organizing her home. 
And on Friday, I get to go into the new home and we do a walkthrough of the new space and and the new kitchen empty so that we can work out where everything goes back in. That's fun, Julie. I'm so excited. I love it. I love organization. And I really like to be prepared in a way that empowers me at any moment. So for example, like breakfast, I like to make this baked oatmeal. It's my favorite thing. But when I make one big pan of it, so we call that type of glass pan a Pyrex because that's the brand that makes them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a nine by 13. But when I do that, I end up cutting bigger portions than I want to eat. And it's like all messy and it was in the oven and, you know, spilly on the outside edge. And then it's in the fridge with a plastic over it. Instead, I bought the individual like one cup Pyrexes with the lids and it, the recipe breaks down to like eight of those and I bake it like that. And then each one gets a lid. Now, every day I just pull out my one little container with the lid and eat my portion that I like to eat based on if I'm hungry. And like, if there's any leftover, cause I've reached enough, I'll put it back in the fridge with its own lid, but I'm not messing with like plastic wrap and you know, all the different things that come with like not being organized. So this allows my spouse and I to have different fruits and nuts in our baked oatmeal. It's very individually like tailored to how we each like it. And yet I'm still just making one batch. So it's no extra work. I just stand there dropping different fruits and nuts and things into each little individual cup. And it makes like eight exciting portions that are totally different from each other instead of one big pan of the same exact thing. Batch cooking is just a lifesaver absolute lifesaver and I think this is a a lot of times where where women make the mistake that they will cook for one meal I always try and cook with sort of four meals in mind because I don't want to have to cook on three other days and then I can (laughs) freeze it away and get it out and defrost it and heat it up and the family have all got a meal for the evening and I haven't actually had to set to and chop and cook and and all the rest of it. So I'm totally with you on that. It's a a life saver, an absolute life saver. And I love to store in things that I can actually either cook in or reheat in. So I do a lot of glass storage, but that's because it's the easiest reheat or it can go into the oven or the toaster oven It can go into like the air fryer. It can go into the pressure cooker. Basically like any containment device that is like one and done, like I can eat in it too. Then I don't have to be like making a whole bunch of dishes, which I really don't want to do. And a little birdie told me, and I don't know if this is true, Julie, that you rather love baking. Is that true? It is so unbelievably true. Yes, I am a profound baker at heart. That could have been like my profession, I think. I love to bake. And what sort of things do you bake? Are you into big cakes or muffins or what? what's your Yeah, thing? that's a good question. I have spent a lifetime focusing on different things. So one year I spent a year um, mastering the art of making tarts in crust. One year I spent focusing on making entremet. So I like French pastry is really my favorite thing to make and anything from a croissant to an entremet. And I just basically have like really like that's all I baked for a year was over and over and over again, different flavored tarts from fruit tarts to chocolate tarts to you name it, I baked it. And 
I master a technique by doing that for X amount of time. And uh, I've developed a system of like donating to local community events. I'll look ahead. If I'm in the mood to make a certain type of item, I'll look ahead to see what's happening in my community that they need. You know, like for example, at Christmas time, our community gave bikes away for kids and they had a big event and they needed cookies. And I was in the mood to bake cookies, but I didn't want to eat a lot of cookies because it's the baking that I love, right? The eating is great. Who doesn't like a cookie? But really it's the process of baking that I love and that's why I'm doing it. And so I signed up to make cookies for the event, which gave me the love of baking and it gave kids homemade cookies. Oh, just brilliant. Brilliant. I haven't really baked very much in the last two years because my teenage daughters have developed a love of baking and they, they will bake most weekends and very often they'll come home from school and start baking as well. Now this for me is dangerous because I am one of these people that if it's there and I like how it tastes, I find it really hard to stop eating. So this is one of the reasons why I joined No BS because it's it's helping me change my mindset. It's helping me realize that I can have one and enjoy it and that's enough. And um, I'm sure it's very unhealthy for my kids because they then polish off the rest. Whereas I used to squirrel them away <laughs> when they weren't looking. <laughs> um, like I'm doing my kids a favor, I'm eating them. Um, but they're eating them now, or perhaps we should start freezing them so we've got them to have on a different day. That would that would be another good option. I think that's a good option. I think we all have family and neighbors and places that we go. Like I'll go to a restaurant and bring the server that we see all the time a treat or something like that. You'd be surprised how many people like feel so special when you show up somewhere and are like, I was thinking of you, like, this is for you. So I just found that part of it, like, kind of joy filled too. It's like finding joy from all the things. My mouth is not the only place I experience joy. So I can have one. I mean, I can have whatever I want. Uh, No BS, you're going to lose your weight eating the food you love. But just because I can have it, Am I really only going to think about my mouth's pleasure? Because there's a lot of other pleasures that are possible when you're thinking about baking and not just your mouth, right? Like my brain gets a lot of pleasure. My heart gets a lot of pleasure when I gift something to someone or take a treat to my next door neighbor kind of thing. You're so right, actually. When we used to live in our old house, we had, we'd had a massive baking session one day and my girls were really quite small at the time. And um, they took some muffins that they'd made um, to the old man that lived down the road. I mean, he was in his late 80s and he was so thrilled by that. He went on about it for years afterwards. The fact the girls had gone over and rung the doorbell and given him a plate of of something they'd help bake. So you're, you're quite right. We can create joy for ourselves and for other people by doing things like that. We might start having to donate to our neighbors here as well. (laughs) I love that your girls bake. I learned to bake when I was really young. We had a family baking day that turned into weekend around the holidays. And I baked with my Grammy and my mom and my aunt. And it was some of the most joy-filled time. The fellowship that I learned that was possible with baking didn't make it just about the food. And I think just like with the closet and feeling good in your clothes, Food doesn't have to be only joy-filled because it's going in your own mouth. There's a lot of parts of it. And of course, I do enjoy some of the things I bake, but I enjoy all these other parts 
even more really yeah i can i can totally understand that and if we just think about organization in the kitchen for a moment i think um very often we make the mistake of perhaps leaving foods that aren't serving us particularly well so things that we shouldn't be eating too much of we should eat them and enjoy them but we we don't need to be having them all the time but when we leave those and i think especially when we have kids at eye level where they're easy to get to, we're not making our lives any easier. And I, I certainly don't think we're we're doing our kids any favors by always having those things at grab height. So I don't know what your feelings are, but I always find having those things up high or or not even in the kitchen, sort of stored somewhere else. So you'd have to go and get them if you wanted them. So it just makes it a step harder <laughs> to get to them. Um means that I find it easier to resist temptation. And I know that my children do because they're a bit embarrassed about having to get the little ladder out to climb up because then I'll know I've I've seen that they're off for the sweets treats again. So, but what's your, what's your view on that? I would love to know what you think. Thanks for asking. I think like, I have this mindset that there are no good and bad foods. Like a lot of no BS women identify as like snacking and eating snack foods. So the act of snacking, but also that there's a food category called snacks. In my mind, there's food I want to eat. There's food I don't want to eat. That's it. And so like, if it's food I want to eat, then it becomes categories of food. Like, do I think this food serves all of my personal purpose, like with weight loss, but also with my body's health, with my mind at my age, I'm a woman in her early fifties. So menopause is, you know, here, does this serve what's happening in my body? Then there's foods that are like, semi serving me and there's foods that basically are serving my tongue and my pleasure senses but not a lot of other purpose so those are not my highest priorities so just like you out of reach sometimes they're foods I just don't have in the house not because I can't eat them but because I want to really decide I will be eating them and go get them and I when I am going to eat those I want those to be the highest quality most meaningful because there's no point like If it's, uh, I love French fries, for example. I don't have any French fries or potatoes in my house right now. And I know the exact restaurants that I love their French fries. So in a day that I really want to eat a French fry, I will plan ahead to go to that specific brewery and order food that has those French fries. I will plan ahead how much I'm going to love them because I know I will. I take all that emotional response out of it and I go eat them. And if I want to fix them at home, I'll go to the market and get the amount I need to prepare for that night. I don't have a big stock of them sitting here haunting me, right? Like, cause everybody's brain does that. Like if you have a pantry full of cookies, then of course, you know, if your mind is running amok, you're going to hear the cookies calling your name. They're not really there. If they're out of reach, if they're in the freezer, out of sight, out of sight oftentimes really for me does mean out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And well, yes. And it works two ways with me. If, if I put them somewhere where I know I have got a hassle to go and get them, 
it's almost like kids at Christmas. They know where they're hidden, so they want to go and get, like they know where their Christmas gifts are hidden, so they want to go and have a look. So I'm a little bit like that with it. Um, but the other thing that I've done is I've, st- like you just said, I've made a conscious decision. These are foods that at this time in my life definitely don't serve me and therefore I'm not going to buy them. For example, cookies is definitely one. Um, and we would say crisps in England and chocolate is the other thing. Chocolate, I just, I have no stop when it comes to chocolate. So I've consciously not been buying those, but of course my children are like, well, where I need chocolate. I was like, you don't need chocolate. No, I do. I need chocolate. So suddenly my children who have never managed to particularly get their backsides out of the house and move once they get home from school are suddenly going off on little trips to the supermarket. So because they feel they would like to have some chocolate and that's fine. You know, I've always with my children since they've been little, there has been no limit on sweet treats. I that went from when they were very, very tiny, where they used to have the their sort of stash of chocolates that they could have access to and we'd get them down and they could eat what they liked to eat. And as they were little, they always had a good stop. They always had a very sensible moment at which they realized that was enough. They had a little bit and that was it. And because of the fact we've done that, they've all grown up really having quite good um, boundaries when it comes to you know, how much they're going to eat of something. So I don't worry if they go off to the supermarket and buy themselves a bit of chocolate because I know they're not going to go silly like I used to when I was their age. But that's a whole different story. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, so, but that's, as I say, that's how I organise my kitchen now that I have things in that I know are serving me, that I want to eat, that I'm happy to eat in moderation or perhaps even lots of when, when I have them on my plan. And that's working really, really well. So I'm I'm super pleased with that. And I think also um, sometimes when we buy in too much of something, so we stockpile pasta, for example, or we stockpile crisps because they're on offer, um, we're setting ourselves up for a fall because if we suddenly get into a mindset of, oh, I just fancy, then it's there and you can have it. So I've also now, I buy what we need for a week, end of story. We perhaps have one extra bag of pasta in case of emergencies. Like if a kid brings two friends home from school, I've got enough to cook them something. But I'm really trying to limit how much stock I have in because one, it helps you organize your cupboards better. And two, it means that there's no danger of you setting to and eating it all when you perhaps get the munchies. So good. I think that's so good. I think too, like having the storage tools readily available, easy in reach so that when you're done eating, right, when you had enough, you've got the right tool to store your food right away. You're not searching for, you know, the lid to this container or searching for the container for this lid or can't find something for the size of what you want to store or or cook the right amount for the day and pre-plan for the right container, get it in there right away before you even sit down to dinner, right? Like there's organization of food, but there's also organization of the tools that you're going to use to help like organize your meal. So I think what we've established is having our home set up in a way that supports the life we want to live means that we are more likely to be successful. Would you agree? Totally. Yes. Awesome. So Julie, where can people find out about No BS? 
Well, there's two ways. If everything we've discussed sounds exciting to you and you want to join NoBS, you would go to joinnobs.com. If you were intrigued and kind of excited to know more and maybe want to do the free course, then I would go to nobsfreecourse.com. And either way, inside of the membership, you can work with myself and 10 other coaches towards whatever goal, body or mind. Fantastic. Julie, it has been an absolute joy talking to you today. I can't wait for you to get your kitchen finished so that you've got the same grin on your face that you have when you're talking about your closet. That would be so cool. What's your timeline for getting it finished? I think we'll be done by October, maybe. If we keep working, we're doing it ourselves. So it's as fast as my spouse and I can get the work done. So I'm thinking October. Oh, well, good luck with all of that. And thank you for your time today. It's been so lovely talking to you. And perhaps we'll have you back on at some point to talk about something else. Thank you. I had so much fun. It was great to meet you and your audience. And I look forward to the potential of doing it again. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Julie from NoBS. It was so much fun talking with her about the art of decluttering our closets emphasizing the importance of clothes that make us feel amazing and how letting go of what no longer serves us can be liberating. I loved sharing with her ideas for kitchen organization, mindful eating and the pure joy of baking. What's not to love? Remember, it's not about perfection. It's about making choices that support our goals and happiness. If you're now feeling inspired to get your closet organized for the upcoming season, I've got something special for you. I've created a summer to fall or autumn, depending on where you live, wardrobe decluttering checklist designed to make the process super easy, even if you're short on time. Plus, there's a limited time bonus included. To grab your checklist and bonus, simply head to the links in the show notes or visit caroline-thor.com forward slash wardrobe. It's perfect for anyone looking to streamline their wardrobe and make getting dressed a breeze. All the links that Julie mentioned for NoBS are also in the show notes. I hope you found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you did, please consider subscribing, leaving a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. And remember, living clutter-free is all about embracing imperfection and making choices that bring joy and freedom to your life. Until next time. If you've enjoyed this episode, please send the link to a friend you know would appreciate it. Subscribe and leave a review. I look forward to bringing you more organizing tips next time. But if you can't wait until then, you can go to my website or find me on Instagram at caro.thor or on Facebook at Caroline Organizer. Thanks for listening and I look forward to guiding you on your journey to find your clutter-free ever after.